Welcome to episode 142 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, we're going to talk about five diet mistakes you might be making without realizing it. And of course, I'm going to give you some um, things to think about so that you can stop making those mistakes and start seeing the progress that you are wanting to see. Let's go. Hello, hello. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day if you were celebrating. I had a lovely day. If you're a mother of an elementary school child or children, Godspeed. Mid-May is here and we all know what that means. You have a solid month of midday school activities and spirit days and special projects. All the things coming at you. Back when my kids were in that stage of life, I planned nothing, nothing extra for myself in May. No girls trips, no girls nights, no, no anything. May was off limits. My thoughts and prayers are with you if that is the stage of life you are in right now. It's exhausting. I am not in that phase of life, but I am deep in puppy house training still with Rocky. Rocky's been with us just over three weeks now, and I feel like we're starting to kind of turn just a little bit of a corner here. We're starting to hit a stride, not totally there yet, but I'm I'm feeling like it's a little bit easier, not just with the house training, but the puppy training generally. He's catching on to life with the family. The whole reason we decided to get a second dog is because we felt like Lily Mae was a little bit lonely, even though we work from home, that there were just things that we as humans can't give her, can't provide for her. And remember, this is coming from someone who knows literally nothing about dogs. I did not have a dog until a year ago. So you might be listening to this as somebody who's had dogs forever and be like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, Kim. (laughs) And you could totally be right. But I can tell you, Lily and Rocky seem so happy together. There's like two little peas in a pod. They play together in a way that we we don't play with Lily. The wrestling matches are so funny to me. I had no idea that dogs played this way. I was a wrestling mom for both of my boys. It was like eight years of watching wrestling matches. And Lily and Rocky, they wrestle like those boys in the wrestling matches. It's, it is a sight to behold. Now we're not here... I'm not here to just talk about puppies. <laughs> we are here today to talk about five diet mistakes you may be making without even realizing it. So let's get into it. Let's jump right into number one. And that is staying in a deficit phase too long. If you have been actively pursuing weight loss for an extended period of time, it could be time to consider a diet break. So how long is too long to be in a deficit? Or as is often the case after a while, attempting to be in a deficit and sporadically actually achieving that deficit. So like you're in a deficit mindset, if not in a true deficit. How long is too long to be in a deficit? It depends. How much weight you have to lose is one of the biggest variables here as to when you should consider a diet break. If you have 30, 40, 50, 100 plus pounds to lose, that's very different than if you're trying to lose that quote unquote last few pounds. If you have a lot of weight to lose and are still adhering to a pretty high degree to your deficit, like 80% adherence or better, I see no reason to arbitrarily enforce a diet break. You will likely find natural times for diet breaks, holidays, vacation, sick time, 
If your adherence is slipping, however, then considering a diet break would be a wise idea. It will, I know this sounds counterintuitive what I'm about to say, but hear me out. It will actually help you to lose weight faster to take a break from being in a deficit, hang at maintenance, keep practicing your good habits. And then when you feel refreshed, head back into your deficit, recharged and capable of a higher degree of adherence. That could actually help you lose weight faster than trying to remain in a deficit with lagging adherence. Now, if you have less weight to lose, you're looking to lose just those last pounds, I highly recommend setting an end date for your cut phase when you start, a hard end point. Could be 10 weeks, could be 12 weeks, maybe 15 weeks. So often there's a temptation to just always want to lose a few more pounds. And then you lose those and you're like, I'm going to go for a few more. Like we're never quite satisfied with the level of leanness we get to. And so we end up being in a permanent deficit or a permanent deficit mindset. So hard end date. And then when you reach that end date, do not do a cut phase again for a good chunk of time. Five months, six months, there's no hard and fast rule, but stop living your life in a fat loss phase permanently chasing a few more pounds. You can still make great physique progress at maintenance while pushing hard in the gym. Okay, so that is mistake number one that you might be making in your diet without realizing it. Let's move on to mistake number two. Attributing lack of progress to something outside of your control. I get DMs all the time saying things like, I've been in a deficit for X number of months. I'm not losing any weight. Could it be my metabolism? Could it be my medication? If you have any thought in your mind that there's something physically wrong with you, medically wrong with you, go to your doctor, get it checked out, talk with him about your medication side effects, talk with your pharmacist about medication side effects, have your doctor, you know, check your thyroid, all the things. Then once you have done that, move on from this train of thought. If you get a clear bill of health, usually I will tell you, it is not those things. I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients. I have helped thousands of people online with their weight loss. I cannot think of a single time that the thing that was preventing them from losing weight was something medically wrong with them or like their medication. That does not mean it doesn't happen because it does happen, but it is not likely. So rule it out, get with your doctor, rule it out, and then move on. Almost always the reason is you are not in a sustained deficit, even though you feel like you're trying very hard with a high degree of effort. Now, I have other podcasts detailing the most common reasons that you think you're in a deficit, but you're actually not in a deficit. That's outside the scope of what we're going to chat about here today. I'm going to link those episodes in the show notes. So go there after you finish listening to this episode. All right. Diet mistake number three that you might be making without realizing it. Continuing to follow food rules that you know aren't evidence-based out of habit and or fear. My friend, you know carbs don't make you fat. You know fat doesn't make you fat. You know bagels and bread can be a part of weight loss diets. 
You know eating after 8 p.m. won't inhibit weight loss. You know breakfast isn't mandatory, nor is skipping breakfast, i.e. intermittent fasting. You know it. And if you don't know it, everything I just said is true. If you don't know it, there's a good chance you haven't been following me that long or you've just kind of been sporadically listening. Everything I just told you is true. If you're listening and you're like, yeah, I know it. I know all those things are true. You keep listening. If you're listening, well, all of you keep listening. But if you're like, I didn't know that was true. And there's one that you want to talk with me more about, email me, DM me. Let's talk it through. Now, those of you who know it in your brain, everything I just said, you're like, yep, I know it. I know that's true. But you still cling to some of those rules because it feels safe. It feels familiar. It feels comfortable. And just in case, just in case you're still following those rules. The problem is restriction so often leads to craving the thing you restrict, eventually overeating the thing that you are restricting. Improving your relationship with food can only help your weight loss efforts. And one of the ways you can improve your relationship with food is challenging these food rules that you stick to even though you know that they're, they're not evidence-based. So let's have you bring some awareness to the food rules you're following like under the table, on the sly. What foods do you like, but do not include in your diet? Give that some consideration. What foods do you like, but you do not include in your diet? When do you think, I could never do that, when you see how someone is eating, whether that's online or in real life? What is it that they're doing? When you have that thought, oh, I could never do that and lose weight. Are they eating at night? Are they eating crackers? Pay attention to when you have that thought and then challenge those thoughts. Are they true thoughts? Are they useful thoughts? What else could you think instead? Then purposely try it out. Purposely experiment with it. Start adding crackers in. If you're like, oh, I can't eat crackers and lose weight or try eating after 8 p.m. while being in a deficit and see what happens. All right, so that was, I thought we were on two, but I think that was three. That was mistake number three, diet mistake number three that you might be making, continuing to follow food rules you know aren't evidence-based out of habit and or fear. Mistake number four is winging it. When is the last time you were super successful with something challenging using an I'll just wing it approach or an I thought about it a bit, but I didn't map out the details approach. Like think about a big work project or a kitchen renovation. Do you wing those things or do you just kind of get a general high level overview of those things, but not consider the details? No, right? Like that would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous to just kind of have a general idea, but not pay attention to the details. So when I redid my kitchen a year and a half ago, beside the fact that I hired multiple experts to guide me, I planned and I planned and then I planned again, down to the minute details. Where are we putting the outlets? What about the light switches? What are we gonna do with that awkward corner space where the lazy Susan used to be? I'm not putting in another one of those. I hated those, I hate those lazy Susans. So I had to figure out what's gonna be more functional there. And we spent a good chunk of time with the cabinet designer looking at options, like what would be most functional there. If you wanna know, uh, DM me and I'll show you what we decided on. I do really like it a lot. My point is we had to think about each of these small details ahead of time, not just like, I want a nice bright and airy kitchen. 
the kitchen came together beautifully and functionally because of all that planning. When you were in a deficit, just saying, I'm gonna hit my calorie target is about as useful as me saying, I'm gonna have a light and airy kitchen that functions well, right? Just saying it doesn't make it happen. That's the big picture. You understanding that the thing you need to do to lose weight is to hit your calorie target consistently is useful in that you know that that is the goal, but that's not the steps to reach the goal. Just like me knowing I want to have a light and airy functional kitchen was the goal, but that was not how I was gonna reach the goal. That was just the plan, the big idea. It's the big picture. But the question is how? How will you do that? There's something in psychology called the intention behavior gap. I want you to think in your mind right now, picture this since we're, we're not like on YouTube here and I can't, I can't show you a little picture of this. Okay, close your eyes and imagine I'm drawing a little cartoon. Well, I'm not drawing it because I can't draw. <laughs> Someone who's drawing can draw it. Think of a little cartoon where there's someone standing at the edge of a cliff, okay? Person standing at the edge of a cliff and then there's a big chasm, like a drop off. Maybe there's a river at, way down at the bottom. There's jaggedy rocks all the way down. And then across the chasm on the other side of it is where the little cartoon person standing on the edge of the cliff is looking to go. So it's another like identical cliff over there to where she is standing now. And she wants to get over to that land. What does she need to do to get where she wants to go? She needs to bridge that chasm somehow. She needs to build a bridge of some sort to bridge that gap between where she is now and where she wants to go. There is so often a gap, a chasm between your intentions and your behavior. Okay, so your intentions are like that person standing on the cliff, okay? And then the behavior is on the other side of the cliff. And between them is this gap. You want to do something about this behavior, right? You have this intention, you desire to do something, you intend to do it, but you don't actually end up doing it. How can you bridge that gap between your intentions and your behavior? There's, if you're hoping for one quick answer, I don't have one quick answer. It's multifactorial. There's a lot of different tools you can use to help bridge that gap. One tool is planning. So not just saying what you will do, but how you will do it and when you will do it and what will cue you to do it. For weight loss, one of the biggest types of planning I find helps is pre-logging one's food, deciding ahead of time what and how much you will eat to reach your calorie and protein targets and doing this the night before. So you get it all planned out. So it's not just this idea bouncing around in your brain. I will hit my calorie target. I will hit my protein target, but you actually plan. How will I do that? I will do that by eating this chicken sandwich uh, with a side salad and an apple at lunch. And very specifically with how much of it are you gonna eat? Are you eating four ounces of chicken, are you eating six ounces of chicken? Then considering potential hurdles and doing some if then planning. So for example, let's say you plan, you're logging in your food and you're planning for the next night, you're gonna go to Panera for your favorite salad for dinner. But you know that your kids and husband often say, when you say you want to go to Panera, that they might rather go for pizza. Okay, what will you do? 
if blank, then blank. So in this case, you could think to yourself, okay, if we decide to go out for pizza instead of going to Panera, then I will X. I will, and there's lots of things you could say, but let's say you decide, if we decide to go out for pizza instead of Panera, then I will have a protein shake before dinner, have one slice of pizza and get a large salad on the side. This kind of if then planning is a powerful tool in your toolbox for bridging that intention behavior gap. Use it, use it a lot, like really consider if this happens, then I will do this. If I'm supposed to go out for my walk, well, it's not supposed to, right? If I plan to go out for my walk before work and it is raining, then X, then I will stop at Lowe's on the way to work and do my walk inside. If it's raining when I'm supposed to take my walk before work, then I will walk at lunchtime. If this, then that. Really powerful tool for bridging that intention behavior gap. Okay. On to our final diet mistake you might be making without realizing it. And that is being overly aggressive with your calories. It is so easy to do this because super low calorie diets have been normalized and accepted. Not only do you not need to cut super low, but you likely will achieve better results if you don't cut calories too low. And I don't say that because of any kind of made up starvation mode either. You know, people throw that word around a lot, like starvation mode. If you eat too few calories, your body holds onto the fat and you'll start gaining weight. That is not, that is not correct. But here's the thing, sticking with a thousand calories, 1200 calories is freaking hard. It is not an easy thing to do. It is a painful thing to do. You will likely be wildly inconsistent on those kind of low calories compared to what you would be if you raise those calories up to be in a more moderate deficit. I know right now in your brain, you might be like, oh no, I could totally do 1200. I could totally do a thousand. I've done it before. Possibly. Did you do it long enough to sustain the weight loss, to continue losing weight loss for a good amount of time? And in doing that, did you build the habits to keep the weight off? I'm going to guess no because eating a thousand calories is not going to necessarily lend itself to the same habits that eating a moderate deficit would. Hitting 1600 calories, I want you to really think about this math. Okay, really, really think this with me. Hitting 1600 calories, and by the way, this is just a made up number. I'm not telling you I think 1600 calories is the number for you. This is just an example, just an example. Hitting 1600 calories consistently for 12 weeks will result likely in greater, well, not likely, it will result in greater weight loss than hitting 1200 calories inconsistently for 12 weeks. Okay, listen to that again, and we can change up the numbers. Hitting 1800 calories consistently for 12 weeks will result in greater weight loss than hitting 1200 calories inconsistently for 12 weeks. You feel me on that? You hear me? inconsistently hitting 1200 calories. And what that can look like is hitting it Monday through Thursday and not can, and then going off the deep end because you've been white knuckling it all week and eating well over that 1200 calories, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
what it can look like is hitting 1200 calories from the time you wake up until 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. and then continuing to eat and going well over what would be a moderate deficit. Do you hear that? Do you feel me? Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> if you're like, I don't even know what, I don't even know what a good moderate calorie deficit would be for me. Sign up for my free five-day fat loss crash course. You can find that. I'll put the link in the show notes. I will also, um, you can also just head to my website and look at kimschlagfitness.com. You'll see one of the tabs says free five-day fat loss crash course. It's an email course. It comes to you over the course of five days. Actually, I think it's six days because there's an intro email. If you need some help setting up that moderate deficit, grab that course and I will walk you through it. Okay, let's recap the five diet mistakes you might be making without realizing it. One, staying in a deficit too long. Two, attributing lack of progress to something outside of your control. Three, continuing to follow food rules you know are fake news. Four, relying too much on winging it and not enough on planning. And five, cutting calories overly aggressively. What did you hear in that list today? What did you hear that set off a light bulb in your brain? Pick just one thing. If you're like, I'm doing a bunch of those, <laughs> I get it. Pick one and work on just that. You can hit me up on Instagram in the DMs. You can email me, kim at kimschlagfitness.com and let me know how I can help. I hope that this has been helpful for you. I hope that it has given you um, some important direction on how you can go to be successful with your weight loss. All right, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here.